Father God, we want to hear you this morning. We want fresh from your throne what you have for us. I pray that you will uh, give to each of us what we need this morning. We give our lives into your hands, our families, our callings, our, our circumstances, our problems, challenges, even the mountains that are before us. We give them especially into your hands. Watch over them. May there be pathways where there are mountains. May there be hope where there was hopelessness. You are a God of impossible things. Um, from where you sit, Lord, nothing is impossible for you. So we ask that you would speak to us, you would change our circumstances. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, have you wondered about the widow? Uh, you know, in Second Kings, we have this widow that Elisha helped, who was in debt. Her husband had died, was a prophet. Chapter 4, King Eli, uh, um, you know, Second Kings, chapter 4. We have this story of this widow who was in desperate situation because the, the creditors had come for the two boys. And, um, she was desperate. She didn't want to lose her boys. And so she comes running to Elisha. Um, you know, help. My husband is no more. He was a faithful man of God, served God and you. And what do I do? So he asks, what do you have? And she says, nothing at first. And then she says, I have a little jar of oil. Then you know what happens. He asks, uh, her to go and borrow vessels. Uh, it's interesting that he says not a few. Verse 3. Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors. Uh, you know, empty vessels. Do not get a few. There's no number to it. There's only do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut your door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is good. So she goes and does that. Then verse 6, as she's filling them, she tells the son, you know, bring me one more. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, Elisha, and he said, go sell the oil, pay the debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. Now, I mean, that's an amazing work of God, a redemptive work, amazing provision of God for a family. Uh, but my question has been, at that point where she's asking for one more visit, because they don't know the full game plan. They were just told one step at a time. Go borrow, shut your house, pour this vessel oil from this 
what you have into all this. She doesn't know verse 7 at that point. She's not told that with that she's going to pay the debt and with the rest the family is going to live. She's only given the, uh, the needed revelation for the, for the first step. It's almost like God is expecting her to hope. And, and there's a hint. He says, don't get a few. Don't get a few. Is there a chance? I'm just asking a question here. Is there a chance that the children and she would have realized that they could have borrowed some more? Either after six when it stops or definitely after seven, when Elisha tells, now go give the debt and live on the rest. Here's an open-ended encounter with power of God. Open-ended. She's given the chance to set the boundary for God's provision. There is no limit. The prophet did not say, you can't get 50 vessels. You can only get 10 vessels each. No, there was no. His warning was, don't settle for less. There's a king in the same book, in chapter 13. Again, Elisha. Elisha is about to die. And he calls the king of Israel. Joash, he comes and then in verse 18, he said, take the arrows and he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground and he struck it three times and stopped. Three times the king strikes the ground. He's not told what it is. He doesn't know. Just one instruction, revelation just enough for one step. But then he, he goes on to strike it three times, and then he stops. Verse 19, that is 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 19. So the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Aram until you would have destroyed it. But now you shall strike Aram only three times. See, striking three and striking six is no big deal at that point, but not later. It makes all the difference at the time of God's encounter, the opportunity to set your boundaries high, to set your goal high. See, I'm applying this to not just to the physical things that are the context here, material things, national things. I'm applying this to the area of, of spiritual things. The same principle, same God, same principle. Is there a chance? We saw the opportunity open and close for two people. My question to us 
this morning, first Monday of the year 2021, first full week. As we enter this year, is there a chance that we could be asking less of God? Is there a chance that we, we could be looking to God for fewer things, smaller things? Is there a chance that one day in eternity standing before God, you and I would be regretting that I did not ask for enough souls from God? That I asked for less, that I dreamt less? Is there a chance you and I would stand before God and say, not just the physical, I'm applying this to the spiritual. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm actually applying this to pointing people to God. Is there a chance you and I would be regretting that we had asked God for more? For more people that we could have directed to God for more opportunities and for more victories. I have a feeling we will, I'm sure I will, because I believe I have not used all the opportunities that I had and that I wish there were encounters that I went back to. I could redo again. I knew somebody was in need, somebody was in crisis. I did not enter all of those crises. I entered a few, entered a few of the lives, but I did not enter all. You know, on looking back, there are regrets. So with all of that, my word to us this morning is, is there a way that we can ask God for all the lost opportunities and say, Lord, would you give me opportunities this year you know, in all areas of life, not just in the soul winning, but also in the business world, in the relational world, in family, in relationships. Give me opportunities and I will ask for more. Because often in crisis, like that widow, her crisis probably determined what she asked. She was her world was a crisis-driven world at that point, with a husband dead, being a widow, no provider, and two little boys now being sought by the enemy. And she's out of her comfort zone. She's in a new territory. And so at that time, we, in such situations, you and I also would not be able to dream much. We just want to make do. Is that what she did? I don't know. But my guess is probably that. We just want to survive life. We just want to make do with life. I just want to challenge you this morning. The God that you and I serve is a God before whom nothing stands. Everything bows down. God of impossibilities, things that are at our level. He says in Isaiah 55, your ways are not my ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, 
I mean, saying so, he's saying we are at a very different level, but he's not condemning us, he's actually inviting us to his level. His invitation for you and me is to join him at his level. At our level, we look at all the possibilities. We go by the possibilities. That's what the best of thinkers, the positive thinkers, possibility thinkers have taught the world all these centuries. But here is a God who lives above impossibilities. There is nothing impossible for him. And he is calling us to an impossibility realm. To realm where what is not possible for us or possible for him. He says, can you look at life from that perspective? A mind says this is not possible. A body says this is not possible. Our finances may say this is not possible. Our emotion may say this is not possible. It has gone. Too much water has flown under the, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, like you now swept under the bridge. It is not possible to return to restore this relationship. But this God you and I serve says nothing is impossible for me. I can do it. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. The question is, are you asking for the impossible things? Or have we settled like all humanity always has settled for the possible things? There are a few very extremely, um, you know, forceful businessmen who dream for beyond the possibility, but not the impossible. But God is asking you to go beyond the impossible, actually, not just come up to the impossible. You and I are called to reign with them. At that level, it is far above impossible. He can call forth anything, my friend. He can call forth anything. See, in Psalm, he said to David, remember the Psalm uh, in, uh, 2.8, Ask of me. In fact, ask of me, Psalm 2.8, ask of me is actually literally claim from me. Not just ask, it's claim from me, demand from me. And I will make the nations your inheritance. Not ask, claim, demand from me. That's a literal word. Go and study that. Psalms 2.8, demand from me as a father, as a son to the father. Don't come and just ask. Demand from me, like a child who can come to your wallet and take the wallet out of your bag, out of your back pocket and take the money and go and buy what he or she wants. <laughs> no, the child is not a stranger to you. Your family, you're standing together, there is something the child wants. The child asks, then, then comes and takes, tries to take your wallet. <laughs> That's what God is asking here. Ask. Claim, demand of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession. The ends of the earth. Your eyes have not seen the ends of the earth. You are only looking at these little things before you. But this great I am is challenging us this morning. Do you have the courage? To ask for ends of the earth beyond your 
line of sight. Beyond your experience, beyond your ability, beyond every mathematics, financial mathematics, beyond you. He's saying, ask of me the nations. Claim, demand of me the nations. Does it only apply to business? No, it applies to souls also, definitely. In this season that we are in, I would lay the stress on claiming nations for God, peoples for God. Yes, it does apply to business. I would say, do that. But don't forget that the greatest wealth in heaven is not the gold, it's the souls. Heaven works to reclaim every soul. John 3.16 is a beautiful verse. We all know that. That the world might be saved through him. The world might be saved through him. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That I'll read that to you. John 3.16 But we forget the next verse often. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. That the entire world may be saved through him. This is Heaven's singular agenda that people without forgiveness, all of humanity, would receive forgiveness. Entire world would receive forgiveness. Entire world with all their beliefs and with all their culture, singular cry of entire humanity is lostness, distanced from God because of their uncleanliness, sin. Holy God, unclean world, filthy world, with all the sin, all the corruption, we are dirty, we are filthy. Blood of Jesus comes to wash us, purify us, bring us back to the fellowship with God. This is God's plan, that the world might be saved through Jesus. The world is not yet saved. That's why he's saying, claim, demand of me the nations, I will give you. I will make them your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possessions. Friend, the door is open. It depends on us. If you believe this is a chance, I believe it is. This is a chance of a lifetime. The time that we are living in, God is calling his children to dream, to ask for impossible things. Don't look at the world through your narrow prism of your present struggle. You may be making very less impact in the, in the area of evangelism. You may be making very less, less impact in the area of finances or even in giving to God. God is not looking at the past. He's looking at the future and saying, ask. He can make you the best in winning souls. He can make you the best in raising resources. 
in providing resources to far nations. He can make your business support orphans in Africa. He can make your business so successful that you can employ people in far corners of the world. You can impact people for eternity in far corners, nations you have not stepped on yet. He's able to. All depends on what you and I are asking to the level that you and I are willing to come. This year is before you. Entire year is before you. You're beginning your work, your business, you're setting your targets, even this week. Don't look at it with the experience of the last year. Look at it with God's throne in, in your mind, with God's abilities in your mind. And then you and I will be given charge over nations, not just the little plots that you and I are praying for. <laughs> A lot of times we are, we are very settled, happy with the next plot, one little plot, Lord. Maybe the max two little plot. He's talking of nations, distant parts of the world. He's talking of peoples, entire peoples being given to you, entire nations being given to you. There is a disconnect where we live and where he lives. These two examples should help us to step up. This is a chance. I want to ask him things that I have not asked yet. I want to climb. I want to soar with him. I want to get to his level. As a child, I have authority to sit on the throne with him. That is his invitation to me. Co-heirs with Christ seated on the throne. Don't settle for less. Ask God for the impossible things that the Lord is putting into your mind even now. The Spirit will put into each of you this, this day and the days following so-called impossible things that you are afraid of asking. Ask those things. You may say my age, it doesn't matter to him. You may say finances or he can call forth finances. You may say ability. He gives you the ability to make wealth. He may say, oh, this regulation, he can change regulations overnight. He can turn people's heart overnight for your favor. He can turn things overnight. So don't look at as things as they are, but see with all the possibilities that God sees with all the potential power of God for the kingdom of God so that you and I can stand before the throne one day. I mean, not confident, you know, certainly not with grief. For we would have claimed, we would have tried. And God will grant us a good harvest. And God, God will also grant you success in all that you do, so that you will be a messenger of hope 
messenger of healing in far places. Because of you, people will receive forgiveness and would enter eternity with God. That's, that matters above all else, my friends. Let's not compromise on that. As Christian business and professionals, don't ever lose sight of that. That the greatest thing that you can do on earth is to point people to eternity with God. This is the greatest singular thing you and I could do. May God bless you. May God give you a, a great year bringing thousands into the kingdom. More than thousands. I would say millions into the kingdom through you and through your endeavor. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you for this morning fellowship. We bless your name. Thank you for all your investments with us. You have brought us where we are. All, all of it is because of you, not our wisdom, not our heritage, not our inheritance. You are, are the reason for all the good in our lives. Lord, I pray that this, this morning's study of the word would encourage the one that is discouraged today. Lord, push the one who's hesitant to go further. The one who's saying, my time is up, will begin to dream again for a new season of work, calling, ministry, and sharing, and blessing people, being a blessing. Open the doors, open our hearts, open our minds for the things that you are about to do amongst us, through us, and also, Lord, in spite of us these days. You are going to do what you're going to do, Lord, no matter what. You're just looking for men to join you in this. I pray that everyone on this call will join you, Lord, for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.